Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show, and it is early here on the East Coast, uh, 7 a.m. We're doing an early morning show, uh, but I do have a special co-host. I'm actually looking forward to this episode. Uh, this is the third annual Halloween special, so I'm very happy about that. And I'm, again, joined by my frequent co-host, Neve, author of the Crime in My Pocket blog, live from uh, the United Kingdom. She's going to be discussing and reviewing two movies as our been our tradition we review two films one horror film and then a second film and also a horror film directed by john carpenter so today i'm excited to announce we're going to be reviewing the new film that was just released last week halloween kills and the 1983 john carpenter film christine based on a novel by stephen king so i'm very excited to do that so let me go ahead and bring neve on neve welcome to the show it's great to have you back on oh hi yeah thank you for having me back on so why don't you uh, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about your blog? Uh, currently, I have a true crime blog. It's crimeinmypocket.com. We look at true crime stories and cases and things like that. And what is your most current uh, post that you've had uh, um, uh, lately? The, the current post I have has actually gone a bit of a different direction. Like I normally do uh, serial killers, uh, mass murderers, that type of thing. But I've actually gone a bit different this time with an arsonist. It was a, an arson attack in New York in the 90s at the Happy Land Social Club. At the Happy Land Social Club. It was an, an illegally open social club. And one of the, one of the staff uh, argued with her boyfriend. And as revenge, he went and set the place on fire and killed 87 people. Yeah, I do remember that story. Actually, when I saw your post, I was like, "Man, yeah, it, it, I remembered mm. it from way back." And it's, it's, uh, it's another good blog, and I definitely recommend uh, her blog. It's really good reading, and she really is knowledgeable uh, about uh, these tr true crime cases, serial killers. Actually, it made me think of the last episode we taped when um, I was referring to the the Gainesville, uh, Florida killer, my state where yeah. I live, and and you uh, and. For some reason, I'm like, I don't remember his name. And, and of course, you immediately uh, yeah. mentioned Danny Rowling. And I'm like, I have like the expert on here. And I'm not even asking her, hey, what's his name? I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I wish I could have told you. Like like you didn't already know, which was made yeah. me laugh. It just made me forget who I was talking to. Because we talk about more so movies than the true crime. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, seriously? So that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sometimes I'm a little slow about who I'm talking to here sometimes. So. Anyway, mm -hmm. all right. So thank you, Neve. So again, um, you can follow her on Twitter. She's at Crime in My Pocket, and mm -hmm. uh, and your blog. What's your blog link or your blog website so people know where to get there? Uh, CrimeInMyPocket.com. Thank you. And her link always obviously is on her Twitter page. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. All right. So let's get right into it. So we're going to start with Halloween Kills. So 2018, uh, Danny McBride, the comic actor, and David Gordon Green, the director decided to relaunch uh, Halloween and they pitched it to, I believe Blumhouse does it. And of course, Universal Pictures originally um, produced uh, 1978's Halloween directed by, written and directed by John Carpenter, also written, co-written by Deborah Hill, the producer of, of the original film. So they wanted to bring a fresh take to it. Uh, Danny McBride in interviews back then, I remember reading about it. Uh, he had felt that the Halloween movies had gotten kind of cheesy and that michael myers the character of michael myers had become less scary as the movies progressed so they wanted to bring it back to the original aesthetic that john carpenter had bought and i know how and i have talked about halloween 1978 we both love it as a classic horror mm -hmm. film and 
And I think the the greatness of that movie is in its simplicity. I think the the movie is actually, you know, it's I hate I hesitate to even call it a slasher film, and I'll get Neve's take on the original Halloween, then we'll get to Halloween Kills. But what was so great about Halloween, I always think about Halloween kind of like another film from the 70s which was Jaws by Steven Spielberg. And the reason I compare those two movies is because both of those movies feature basically an animal that's attacking with really no motivation other than what it is. And it's, and it's simplistic and that's what makes it scarier. And I think for me, that's why the original Halloween is considered a classic. And I think that's why it's well done. It was a low budget film. And I think that helps it just like with Jaws where the, where the, where the shark mechanical shark didn't work and that forced Spielberg to use the shark less, which actually thinks I think makes that movie better. Uh, and Halloween, I think kind of has the same kind of vibe with it. I mean, they, they, they have the constraints of their low budget and I think it works to their, to its effect to make it a classic movie. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts quickly? I know we've talked about it before, but just to get background, what are your thoughts on the original Halloween 1978? Uh, I, kind of agree with you on the simplicity that's what makes it work and especially as you said how they uh with jaws how they didn't use the shark much not seeing much of michael myers's face like they do in the in the new one as well sort of adds to it it's a very tense film probably because like you said because it's so low budget they had sort of less to do it's very tense and things like that as well i, I really enjoy the original like you said it is a classic absolutely all right so leading into 2018's halloween uh neve and i talked about that film as well uh, i think we both liked it um and uh i liked kind of what it did i like kind of the the modern takes that it did on it and uh and if you've watched that there's going to be probably some spoilers in this review today for halloween kills i'll try to throw a warning up there if we get it because i want to have a whole conversation about this movie as opposed to kind of hedging around it but i'll, I'll try to warn of spoilers and in, in spoiler territory. Uh, I don't think I'm going to give away any, there's, there's a major thing that happens towards the end of the movie. That we won't talk about that. Um, but uh, other than that, we're just going to probably freely talk about the movie. So if you, obviously if you've seen 2018's Halloween, and this is one of the questions I had leading into Halloween kills. So at the end of Halloween, uh, they trap Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter trap Michael Myers in the basement of her house of Lori's house and set the house on fire. So that's how she, uh, that movie ends. Uh, Lori is injured. She stabbed in the abdomen and is on the way to the hospital. The firemen come to the scene as Halloween Kills opens. So Halloween Kills, kind of similarly to Halloween 2, which I found a lot of parallels to uh, as we yeah. talk into the review with Neve. We'll get into that. So Halloween Kills takes place immediately after the events of Halloween. So we go, we cut right to uh, the house on fire. Michael Myers is still in the basement where he's been trapped and the first responders are coming to put out the fire. So of course, at the end of Halloween, uh, I was concerned when I watched it about how are they gonna, cause I knew there was gonna be two more movies being made. So that was already known when the first film came out. They pretty much put him in a predicament that um, would think that would be the end of Michael Myers. So we'll kind of get into that uh, part of it, but obviously it's not because we're looking at the second movie. So basically this movie takes place after that. So obviously Michael Myers is able to escape his trap and start to, con or not start, continue to uh, inflict mayhem in Haddonfield and kind of go from there. So uh, two major new characters I want to discuss and then we'll get Neve's take on it as well mm -hmm. is uh, we have actor My Anthony Michael Hall who's added to the cast. He actually um, is air the play um, Tommy Doyle who was the little boy that was babysat by Laurie in the original film. And in kind of a really cool uh, update, we have Kylie Richards 
in the film as well, uh, playing. Let me pull her name up. I just have the cast right here. Hold on. And actually, oh, here we go. We have Kylie Richards um, in this movie playing the little girl that was being babysat by Laurie Strode. And the thing that's cool about that is that is the same actress that played her in 1978's Halloween. So that's actually really cool. So that's one great Easter egg in the movie um, to to enjoy. So it was great to see her uh, in the the film uh, reprising his role. And then the third character that we actually see in Halloween Kills, even though the actor that played him is passed away, is Dr. Loomis, who, of course, looms very large in the original film. Uh, and in actually in Halloween too as well. So um, let me go ahead and get your take on the on the beginning of the film, the early on. So obviously we int- we're introduced to these characters, and and of course Jamie Lee Curtis is back as 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 Laurie. Judy Greer is back as her daughter, and then Andy Mitchell is back as her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, I think the parallels of Halloween two are very very apparent to me as I was watching it. I noticed, I mean, you have Laurie Strode injured like she was in Halloween too. Cause if you remember that film, mm-hmm. that's almost entirely set in the hospital that she is in. Uh, and then of course, other things are going on. So I found a lot of parallels to that. I don't know if it was intentional by the filmmakers. Uh, what are your thoughts? Cause I know you're, you're, you've seen these films way more than I have. And you probably can even talk about some of the Easter eggs that are in Halloween kills. Um, I love the opening. Like you said, it opens straight away when they go to the fire and everything. Uh, when they get there to put the fire on the strode compound out and um i like it started it was mayhem straight away it was like with the uh, the iconic the opening the firefighter massacre when he starts killing all the firefighters and i actually read something really interesting about this opening scene since you mentioned it there was actually a bit of controversy around it because he killed all the firefighters and there was a petition about the scene and things like that about it because it was considered such a you know a brutal scene and it was first responders and things like that it was considered a bit i found it a bit heavy as well like the particular scene when one of them gets to the basement and they find michael and they're trying to help him because they, they found someone in fire they're trying to pull them out and he goes and attacks him and the smashing of the mask i think that just set it this is going to be a crazy film it's going to be all action it's like there's flames there's murder the opening scene for me it was just crazy and set the tone that the film was going to be action-packed and tense and scary yeah and that's one of the the observations i knew here i i agree with you i think i think the Mm. violence in this film is definitely significantly higher than in 2018's halloween and uh, and i'll get into whether because we'll we'll discuss what we liked about the movie first so let me let me get that I'll, i'll i'll say what i didn't like later but yes i agree with you i think uh, the brutality of the violence, and, and, and that's not to say. Look, it's a Halloween movie. I get that. Uh, oh there's yeah, going I'm, not, to be, I'm not against it. It's yeah, just, there's going to be very killing. prominent in it, you know. Yeah, so I mean, I think they were look, and I think with a lot of, with sequels of it, not even just horror films. I think with any type mm. of sequel uh, of a movie, you, you you turn up the volume in all ways because you you have to. Mm. I think the 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 inclination, and I, I get it, is to make it bigger, to make it uh, more of whatever it is, whatever the genre of the movie is, and I think. I think they do that here. Uh, I do agree with you. I mean, the opening scene is 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 really good, really tense. I agree. I just because at the end of Halloween, I think because when I watched it and I talked to some friends about it, I think we were all kind of going, "Wait a minute!" I mean, it it was cool actually how they ended the first Halloween, uh, yeah. and I and and it could have just ended there and yeah. been done with the story, and uh, and I think that would have been fantastic. So uh, 
and like I said, let me get, I don't, I'm going to jump ahead about what, some of the problems I have with the movie, but, um, but yeah, but it doesn't take away the fact that the first, the first part, look, it's violent, it's suspenseful, uh, because obviously, you know, that Mike, I mean, like I said, there's no, that's not a spoiler or you knew that Michael was going to survive this situation. Yeah. It was more of a question of how he would do it and would it be credible? And we'll get That's into that too. I was going to say, with, yeah. the, with it being such a brutal massacre as well, like he, it didn't show him just get up and walk out of the fire or anything mm -hmm. like that. But it does show, like he is, he's like you said, he's an animal on the loose. He is a crazed right. animal on the loose, and that really drives at home what you're dealing with as well in that first scene. Like he's just walked through fire and killed a bunch of people. He's killed an entire fire company. It's, right. I think no. that drives home what you're dealing with in the second film as well. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things, so like I said, since let's talk about things that we like. So what I did like about Halloween Kills, and this is where I think the influence of Danny McBride in, as a co-writer of the screenplay comes into play. There was a lot of moments, as violent as this movie is, and as heavy as it is at points, there is it is undercut by a lot of by quite a bit of humor. Mm. And uh, two characters I want to bring up are, is the couple. Uh, the the gay couple that live in Michael Myers' house now, which I thought was fantastic. One was played by Michael McDonald, the comedian. He's been uh, a comic actor for ages. He was on a, a long-running show here called Mad TV, a uh, comedy sketch mm -hmm. show, similar to Saturday Night Live. And he was um, uh, Little John and then Big John. I, I wasn't familiar with the actor that played Big John, but they they were both fantastic uh, from the, 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 the terrorizing of the kids, the fact that you can see that yeah. they're not really a fan of kids. They love Halloween but really not the trick-or-treaters and and mm -hmm. and things like that about the movie, the, the characterizations of the movie, uh, just side characters that were kind of there and funny. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle, I thought was fantastic. I, I think he really does a, I love the fact that they empower the people that were traumatized. That's one of the things I did like about Halloween Kills, that, that, mm -hmm. Tommy took it upon himself, even if he wasn't really always thinking it through. His motivation was, I've lived my entire life in the shadow of this person that has made this whole town afraid, and we're not going to be afraid anymore, and we're going to get together, and we're going to defeat this, and it's going to end. So his character I really liked a lot. I liked what they did with it, and I liked his portrayal. What did you What did you think about it? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. I liked the the call back to some of the original well victims and survivors as they call them because it, it's the night in the bar and they're introducing everyone. It's the the nurse in the original asylum scene in the first yeah. one, the one that was attacked. But Michael never killed her. He just pulled her out of the car and right. threw her in the ditch, didn't he? And it was you don't even think about her as well because it was just the start of the original film. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, she survived. I actually kind of remembered that, and I was like, oh yeah, she survived. And obviously, you see Lindsay. And it's Tommy Doyle introducing, isn't it? And I think it's nice to get that update as well as a callback to the original. So I did really enjoy that. And obviously then when they all come together against, he gets everyone to come together against him to go and find Michael as well. I really enjoyed that and the build up to that. Because I think that was in the, I think it was the fourth Halloween they did something like that where the whole town bands together to try and find Michael Myers. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, I don't because I, I haven't seen every single Halloween film. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna defer to you on that. So yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of Easter eggs and callbacks that I yeah. did not see. But and, I think and, it's the, either the fourth or the fifth. I'm not a hundred percent because I'm not the biggest fan of those later ones, the four, five, and six. Right. I think it's either the fourth or the fifth. There's a similar scene where the whole town gets together. He's killed the police department. He's wiped out all the police officers, right. and the whole town bands together to try and find him. Then. 
Yeah, no, that's that's true. And 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 what I did like in this movie is they they when they introduced, like you said, the nurse and stuff like that. I think it was it was helpful to to, to show the snippet of the original film. Yeah. Uh, yes. to give you a memory. So that that actually helped me a lot because yeah, when when they said her name and I was like, oh my god. It, so those yeah, those are the things about Halloween Kills that I liked a lot because that's that's the fun of these mo- new movies anyway is to hopefully get a good new story as well as call back to the greatness yeah. of the original. And actually, like I said, and, and, and recently watching Halloween two and talking about it with you before uh, I had never seen it before. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a strong movie. Um, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed Halloween two, the original one. So, um, so like I said, this movie has a lot of parallels to that. Uh, I'm going to get into one major issue I had with the movie. Now I know part of it is, is the story. So I get it. So Lori is pretty significantly injured uh, yeah. as, as I was getting to this movie. And so she had to the point where she has to get surgery and which I had a problem, but the only issue with that is that she's not in large stretches of this movie. Like you just don't like Lori's not even a major character in this movie. And, and I guess, and maybe for some people that's okay for me, I had an issue with it. I mean, to me, Halloween you know, especially when you're retelling kind of this original story and basing it back from the original movie, uh, a movie without Laurie Strode is tough for me. And 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 she's gone for significant stretches of this movie. Uh, and obviously, because she's injured, I get it. I get that it would be unrealistic if all of a sudden she was well enough to run around and engage and kind of do all that stuff. So it almost makes me wish that in the f- end of the first movie that she wasn't as badly injured as she ended up being. Um which lends me to why I think the first movie could have just been the only movie and it would have been fantastic with her. She would have been seriously injured. She would have finally gotten Michael. You would have gotten closure there, but of course this is the movie business and we always have sequels because they want to make money and which I normally don't have a problem with, but I think for me, her being missing for a lot of the film and even in the scenes that we're in, I mean, the scenes that she was in with, uh, with Will Patton who plays the, was it Perkins, the 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 deputy? That well, was the other cool part of the backstory too. When they when they brought Loomis back in, they cut back to when they had Michael trapped, and yeah. uh, you find out that he actually killed accidentally his fellow officer, and he's living with that mm-hmm. guilt as well. So I forgot to mention that part of the story too. I thought that was well done as well. That was a great callback and kind of a new thing to add to 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 give depth to that character, and then her her inter- her interactions with him while they were both hospitalized together, I thought were really good effective scenes in the movie because Jamie Lee Curtis is always great anyway. So uh, talking of that scene as well, sorry, where they're talking no, go ahead. in the hospital, uh, where they're talking in the hospital bed, there's an interesting little Easter egg there as well. It's a little passing. Again, it was just one that sort of, oh, I was like, oh, that seems familiar. And like double checked it out. Uh, when they're talking, they mentioned that they had, there was a little bit of romance between them, wasn't there? Like there's like yes. a hint at a romance between them. And she says like she wishes it had gone further. And he says, oh, no, I always knew you were sweet on Ben Tramer. Now, in the original film, she when she's babysitting Tommy Doyle, she's on the phone to a friend and she says, something. oh, I've heard that Ben Tramer's going to ask you to the dance. That was oh, her high school yes. crush in the original one. And I was like, That's right. I knew I knew the name. Yes. Yeah, like see, thank you. Strike. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. See, that's why that's why I have you on. No, thank you for, for stopping me on that. Yeah, no, no, that's great. And I think so that's even better. So if you're if you if you, like you said, like yourself, if you remember that, you know, those things, it, yeah, it adds, it adds, and that's that's the best part of these of this movie and you know, the, the other movie as well. Like you said, it's 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 the callbacks to the original movies and the fond memories of those movies and, and the little things like that where you can kind of that's that's kind of the fun part of watching Halloween Kills, and that's probably my my favorite part of this movie 
um, specifically is, 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 is that, but again, what did you think of, of the presence or lack of presence of Jamie Lee Curtis? Did you have an issue with it or were you fine with how that played out? I was disappointed. It, it, this is the the first Halloween film, actually, in the entire franchise, uh, through all of them, where there hasn't been a scene with uh, Laurie and Michael in it together. Right. This is the first ever one. And I was, at first, I thought, well, she's in the hospital, but there's a scene, isn't it, where she takes a painkiller and gets up. So mm -hmm. I thought, that's, that's when we're going to have that, because there's always the final showdown between those two, isn't there, between Michael and Laurie. I thought right. we're going to have another final showdown. I thought that's what it's going to be. At the end, it's going to be those two. They're going to come and have the showdown. But there wasn't. So I, I actually was, I agree with you, I was a bit disappointed with it because I was expecting well, what Halloween is, isn't it? It's, it comes down to Michael wants Laurie. So it should be Laurie and Laurie versus Michael really in the end, isn't it? So I, I, I agree. I was disappointed. Right. And this is, and I'm going to use that as a perfect segue into, we'll start talking about the things that we did not like about the film. So let me start with that point. And I, th and I think the reason, well, two reasons, like I said, story-wise, they had her pretty significantly injured. Uh, mm. So it would have been tough for her to have a showdown with Michael. Yeah. But of course, I think they didn't do that because we have a third movie. Yeah. So next year is going to be Halloween ends. So, I think obviously in that film, now I don't know if it's there's going to be a time jump at all, or if it's going to do like this film and take place immediately after the events of this movie. Uh, my my suspicion would be that it, there would be some kind of a time jump because that would allow story wise for Lori to heal from her injuries. So I don't know if they're going to make Michael dormant for a year or are they just going to say, no, we're just going to keep going and it is what it is and it's going to continue uh, right after the events of the end of this film. Uh, so the fact that there is, a, and this is one of my major issues with the movie, I almost think, and I know this is a strong opinion for me, I, I almost think this movie was unnecessary. Um, I, 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 it's one of those things where it, 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 I almost liken it to The Matrix I don't know if you've seen The Matrix or not, but the first Matrix is phenomenal. The second movie was terrible. Now, Halloween Kills is not terrible, but the Matrix sequels were unnecessary to me. Like, The Matrix itself was a perfect movie. Beginning, middle, yeah. end. It, I loved it. And that, but again, with the, with the, with the, with the success, the huge success of that film, that, that leads to sequels because of the money of it. And with this yeah. movie, I, I, like I said, there were things I liked about it, and we just discussed the things that I liked. But I really found myself at the end of it just going, okay, it was it was decent, um, but not necessary. Because especially when you know that Halloween Ends is really going to be, like you said, it's going to be the Laurie versus Michael final showdown. Final, yeah. in quotes, because we know with Halloween is anything really final. But I'm sure... If, for this iteration of it, this um, creative version mm -hmm. of it from David Gordon Green and, and Danny McBride is going to be their final chapter, uh, obviously, because yeah. they're calling it Halloween Ends. So obviously, that's that's their intention. So hopefully, that means that I think that the third film will be a better film because it's going to wrap everything up. This film is a middle chapter. So to your point, I think it's like a three-act um, production. Yeah. So there's a lot of action in this film. So a lot of the action takes place in the middle. But I just I found it like I said, knowing there's going to be a third one, I think kind of hurt it for me. And like I said, the brutality of the violence, and we'll get into that now. Um, look, I get, I'm signing up for 
a slasher movie or horror film where there's murders. And like I said, that doesn't bother me. I, I did think it was a little bit over the top. I, I didn't. At points, yeah. Yeah. At points, it just, it didn't, it wasn't. And like I said, I'm sure a lot of horror fans will listen to this and go, you're out of your mind. And that's, that's why we come to see it. And I look, and I don't dispute that. And I don't, I don't disregard that opinion. Uh, this is just my take is just viewing it myself. I just, I found some of it over the top. And not in a good way. Sometimes over the top, you go, oh, that's that's funny, or it's over the top because it's, and, and and like I said, to me, it just was a little bit. It wasn't that bad, but it was a little bit off-putting to me. I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I sort of felt the same way, especially in some of the kills as well. Like there was some of them. Like there was one particular scene. Um, I recognize the actress actually. She sort of this is this is probably why it stood out for me. She's in. She's recently joined Chicago Med. And I watched that week by week. So that's why she jumped out to me. And why, like, this was another scene that was stupid, where he attacks the SUV outside the park with the nurse, Lindsay, right. and the, the couple in. And um, there's one particular scene now. He's, he attacks the nurse, which, again, is a, a brilliant callback to the original one, because he's on the roof of the car, puts the hand through the driver's side door to grab her, exactly the same as he did in 1978, which, again, brilliant Easter egg. But as he's attacking, I think the man is in the backseat and the woman, she she runs out, then the wife of the couple, she runs out to get her gun. And when she comes back, he just kicks the door and somehow it aligns perfectly for the, for the gun to hit the, for the door to hit the gun. And then she just blows, you know, she shoots herself in the head because of it. And I found that well, that was really unnecessary. It was just, that was, that seemed really stupid to me, that death there. It's like, it just seemed a bit, yeah, a bit silly for me, that bit. Yeah, and like I said, and I, and I know that's that's going to be a matter of opinion because I think I know in yeah. some of these horror films, like I I can appreciate some things being intentionally over the top, kind of winking at itself, and 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 like I said, I'm sure some people will watch that same scene and 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 have a different take on it, which I understand. I think, I get, I think I get it's it. just trying to point out like oh how powerful Michael Myers is, you know, he's taken out a gang of people in one. But like you said, at times it is just over the top and not in sort of a fun sort of oh that's over the top kind of way, just in a you know, in a, in a silly way sometimes. And, like, at times, the deaths as well. Like, even in the first one as well, when he hung one of them off the fence post, just, like, this is going more into, like, Final Destination deaths yeah. than, than Halloween, than, like, a slasher death. This is just going into silly, oh, he's been impaled on something, like Final Destination, you know? No, right. And and yeah. and that, that leads into one of my other issues with the movie, and, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. So after the first Halloween, which I enjoyed, uh, 2018's Halloween, I, I, and and this is I think always the kind of issue with this movie. So the debate on whether on who Michael Myers is as a, uh, as a, as a killer. So is he mortal or is he more than that? And I think they they've always kind of wrestled mm -hmm. or struggled with how to portray that that character in the sense that. If you watch just the first Halloween 78 uh, in a vacuum without any sequels, uh, they even ended kind of, they ended ambiguously as well. It's a cool ending in the sense that, which is, and it's almost the same thing that I have with the issues with this movie having a sequel to Halloween. But in the original Halloween, it's a great ending. He's, he's down, you think he's out, and then he just kind of pops up. And that if there was going to be never another Halloween movie, that's a really cool ending. Because the, the way that's cool about it is you're left to your imagination. You're like, holy crap, he's not dead. But at least in the first Halloween, he was wounded pretty significantly. But you could even, even if you're stretching 
belief a little bit. You can you can believe that he would have survived the attacks in the first film. I know he was shot and stabbed. I, I mean, if you were gonna make him like human, like you said, oh, he's gonna survive that attack, it would have been pretty easy anyway. I'm sure they had like bulletproof vests back then. It could have just said, oh, he had one secretly under the overalls because he's True. always in that big overall. Great thing. point. You could have explained that away anyway if Great you wanted point. to keep him human. It wasn't. There were injuries that could have been explained away. Oh, yeah, we shot him, but he had a bulletproof vest on, so, you know, he's right. fine. It's that kind of thing. He was knocked about, winded a bit, but he's fine. He can still walk around for the next film, that right. kind of thing, if you right. wanted to keep him human. But obviously, like you said, it's gone down that route of it's, it seems to be half and half. Like, with Halloween 6, he did become, it was, there was some sort of cult and then some supernatural curse. And, again, there's a reference to that in this film in the end. When Laurie gives that speech, and she she says about the curse of Michael, and she says about the curse of Michael, and the more he kills, the more he transcends. That right. was kind of the idea of Halloween Six. There was a cult, and every time he killed, he became more powerful. It was to do with like the curse of the thorn, an ancient sort of Celtic thing with Sam Hain, which is Halloween around the same time as Halloween. So it was that was a sort of a reference to that, which is where. It, it goes he's not he is supernatural he's not human but then he kind of is it's it's again it's an example of how they're wrestling with is he mortal is he not right and i think for me it it's it, and these films have i think it's tried to yeah that have, have kind of made that so i don't know if i love that or not and like i no. said that's just maybe a personal uh taste thing i i think I enjoy these films because, like I said, I'm not I'm not the huge horror movie fan that you are. Mm-hmm. I like really well executed ones. I like any 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 genre film that's well executed. But I, I think for me, for me to like it even more is if they would have grounded it in him being just just a person devoid of any kind of yeah. um, empathy or sympathy, just basically just a, a psychotic, mm. uh, you know, menace. But that's just me, like I said, and and obviously, if I think had they done that, that kind of really limits the ability to make sequels and and yeah, especially and, the amount of sequels that were made in the franchise. Exactly, and, yeah. and, and I think that hurts it creatively. Look, I don't I don't begrudge anybody making money. It's a, it is shy. like I said, I understand it's show business, but for me as a movie person, I just on the pure level of what I would have enjoyed more. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed that part of it, and like I said, that's that's one of my issues with the movie. But like I said, and I guess. For me, uh, as much as the things that I liked about it, like I said, I, I found this basically my my overall thought of the movie is this is basically a filler movie to yeah. to, to take you to the third movie, which I would hope would be better. Uh, like I said, this movie is not terrible. It's just I didn't find it to be complete, particularly necessary, other than the value of kind of the cool Easter eggs and and seeing you know things yeah. from the original uh, film. Um, kind of revisit themselves in this movie, and like I said, some of the some of the minor characters portrayed in the movie, like I said, particularly the couple in the house uh, that Michael lived mm-hmm. in, was was I thought entertaining. That's probably some of my favorite parts of the movie, and not much violence, but it was just funny, and it was kind of a good way to to kind of lighten it enough where it wasn't completely heavy and completely you know dark. So I that, those are the parts I liked a lot. So, but but again, I, I think overall for me, the movie is unnecessary. And I think uh, I think I, I definitely enjoyed the first one much more than this one. Oh yeah. Uh, and and that's my thought on it. I mean, uh, going to my Van Gogh review, I'm going to give it out of five. I'm going to give it two and a half. Uh, I think that's probably I'm right down the middle on it. I think it was there were some things that I liked, uh, some things that I didn't love. 
but overall, I mean, it's it's not a full-throated recommendation. I mean, I, I, I would have to recommend it, obviously, because you've seen the first one. I'm going to watch the third one. We'll probably review it for our fourth annual Halloween special for sure. Uh, so I'm going to watch it because I want to see how this whole story wraps up. But my overall is two and a half on this one out of five. What 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 are your thoughts on it or anything else you want to add about the movie before you give your um, Much. I, I more or less agree. Like I said, it is just a filler movie. It was great with Easter eggs. I really love Easter eggs. And just before we close on it, I just want to give one more really cool one. It is my absolute oh, go ahead. favorite one of the cool film. Um, in the scene in the park, with the kids, um, they're on, but whether they see in Michael Myers and they, they think it's a joke. They think, oh, he's just a pervert in the park. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. making a joke of it. You know, even though it's, it's Michael Myers. But the masks they're wearing, there's one in a skull, there's one in a pumpkin and one in a witch. And yes. obviously you, Michael Myers uses those masks later on, puts them on the people he's killed, doesn't he? Yes. But um, you see those, those masks were the original shamrock masks in Halloween 3. The one that goes completely off the Michael Myers plot. I think it's called Season of the Witch. Season of the uh, Witch, correct. The Factory. It's like the more sci-fi one. Again, it is a John Carpenter written one. I think Deborah Hill writes on it as well. So it's it's the same writers as Halloween. It's just goes off and it's you know it's just a little sci-fi one. The, the Factory then it, on the advert that plays the sham silver shamrock factory. The advert that plays it is those three masks and they're singing the little song about Halloween. So that was that's my absolute favorite Easter egg in it. No, thank you. Yeah, and keep going if you have more to say. Yeah, I'm looking it up as we speak. Uh, see, I've never seen Halloween three, and I, I but I did know it went off the, completely off the grid as far yeah. as um, uh, there. So it looks like I'm I'm pulling it up here. So yeah, Hill and Carpenter returned as producers. I thought they uh, both did. Yeah. Yeah, and it says so. It was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. So I think he directed. He directed. I think he directed the Tommy Knockers, which was a television version of the Stephen King novel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's done that. So that he actually wrote and directed Halloween three. Uh, Carpenter and Hill produced. They didn't write, but yeah, they. I knew it kind of went good. off the. No, but thank you for that Easter egg because, like I said, I haven't seen Halloween three. So no, thank you for mentioning that. And though, yeah, those kids were <laughs> something. But yeah, uh, that was another comedic scene, like you said. That some of the funny stuff in it. That was just another one. And you're you're sitting there, you're like, no, that's Michael Myers. They're taunting him, and you just feel the terror for them. Like you just you stupid kids. You don't know what you're doing. Like. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and then um so what would you give it out of five what is, what is your review of it i think i'm gonna go slightly higher because like mm -hmm. i said i enjoyed a lot more of the easter eggs because i've seen a lot more of, of the films and stuff mm -hmm. seen them more time so i think i'm just gonna go three a generous sort of three like you said it is just a filler movie it was more action than anything probably like you said to build up to the last one to close it so i'll give this one a three Okay, so we've got Nee, and I think that's a great point. I think a great way to put that uh, a button on this one. So yeah, Nee's point's excellent. If you are deep into the Halloween lore and have seen all the films, I like I said, I have not. I've seen Halloween 1 and 2. I've seen, I think I've seen 5. Um, the first one with the little girl in it. I've seen that one because my, my, my wife, who's not a horror movie fan at all, actually loves those movies with the little girl uh, who was on Roseanne. I forgot that actress's name, but... Um, they love those. She loves those movies. I've seen those. And I think I saw, I saw H2O and I saw the one, which was terrible. It was the one where with Tyra Banks in it, where they were doing a reality show and they were shooting oh, in the Michael resurrection. Yes. That was oh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. So just Still out there, watched viewing... it a bunch of times. Still watched yeah. it a bunch of times, but it's awful. <laughs> well, you're a fan. Well, look, maybe you watch it. You know, it could be so good, you know, so bad. It's good. And there's nothing wrong. Look, I, I'm, I'm all for people loving movies that are so bad. They're good. Uh, yeah. Mine is Showgirls. 
Um, I'll, I'll put that out there. That's my guilty pleasure. That movie is, is, is awful. And, uh, I love every second of that awfulness. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, Halloween resurrection, we won't be reviewing that for Halloween unless we maybe do it as a, so bad it's good. We might, maybe I shouldn't say never, because <laughs> it's kind of fun to review bad movies too. Actually, now that I think about it, cause you can just kind of relish in everything awful about it and just kind of laugh. So we, we actually may do that. So let me, let, let me hold off on that. But, um, so yeah, so I think, uh, no, that's a great way to put it. I think if you're deep into the Halloween lore and have seen the films multiple times, like you have Neve, I think you're going to find more to enjoy about Halloween kills. I think I agree with you there. I think that's, uh, that's a good point. So I get your review slightly better than mine. So that's perfect. So again, that's Halloween kills. Uh, it's out in theaters now, or it's actually streaming on Peacock. So, uh, if you get the premium version, I think it's like four 99 a month. You can, uh, you can, that's how I was able to watch it actually. So, uh, you can, in the United States, at least you can stream it. And of course it's playing in theaters. Uh, uh I think worldwide. Did you see it in the theater? Uh, yeah, I went to the, the theaters. Yeah, I couldn't find a streaming anyway. I don't think there's anywhere to rent it yet. Or right. Streaming okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, but at least it's playing worldwide in theaters if you mm, want to see it, yeah. which is way, which is way you should see movies anyway. As a movie buff, like I said, for me, I I'm kind of forced to stream in because of of having two little kids, so it's hard for me to get out. So I'm yeah. fortunate that that's available. But definitely, I would hopefully maybe see Halloween ends in the. Um, my plan is probably to see Halloween ends in the theater. I'd rather, I'd rather wrap it up in the movies because that's how I love to see them anyway. So before we get on to Christine. I forgot to mention, obviously, I'm live here on uh, the show with Neve. Uh, I've put the link in the chat room. So the show, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping. I usually do it at the top, but we got right into it. So, of course, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I'm Frank, the host of the show. My co-host today is Neve, author of the Crime in My Pocket blog. You're, if you're watching the show live now, thanks for joining. The show is available on the YouTube channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Uh, if you're on Twitch, uh, the live shows air there as well. They're not archived, but they're there. If you're on now, you can see it on Twitch. Uh, the handle's Bend Your Ear Pod. You can also watch this on the podcast Twitter page. That is also handle at Bend Your Ear Pod. And also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash let me bend your ear. So you can either watch it live now or they'll be archived there to watch at your convenience. And also this is an audio podcast. You can get this show on uh, most podcasting apps, specifically Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, and Amazon Music. Uh, there are other podcasters that the show is available on as well, but those are the uh, uh, the apps that are officially hosting the podcast. So again, I would ask if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of movie podcast, uh, please uh, rate and review the show on any of those podcasting apps. Uh, five star would be great. The more ratings and review a show like this gets, uh, the higher it is profiled in search results when people are looking for a movie podcast. So if you do that, I appreciate it. Uh, if you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you um, have suggestions, email me uh, on movies to review. Because like I said, I have converted this to a strictly movie podcast now. And I discuss and review movies new and old. That's the tagline of the show. And if you want to join this episode, because we still have another movie to talk about, we're going to talk about 1983's Christine in a moment. Uh, I have put the link up in the chat. So if you're watching this on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube and go into the chat area, the link is up there. You just click on that link and you can join me and Eve and discuss either Halloween Kills or Christine. Or like I say, if you do come on the show with me, it becomes open forum. So if there's something else about movies you want to discuss, uh, Neve is a movie buff like me or specifically horror. So if you have a question about horror movies, uh, we have the right guest on for that. I'll probably defer to her because she could probably tell you anything you need to know or answer any questions you need to know. Uh, about anything in the horror genre so please feel free to join uh, if not we appreciate you watching you can come on either video audio only or if you want to put a question in the chat uh, i'll see it here 
And uh, I believe Neve will see it as well. If not, if it's a question for Neve, I'll make sure to shout out the question to her to have her answer it. So uh, please feel free to join. All right, so let's get into our next movie. We are going to be, I was kind of excited to review this one. I think when uh, I talked to Neve about this a few weeks ago and we decide, or I decided that we were going to do Christine, mm -hmm. uh, Neve's like, what? Yes. <laughs> I don't think she, she's like, what? And then I think when I told her the plot, I think she was even like, what? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 I, and I and that response is totally understandable. And I'm interested. I am interested to hear your thoughts about this movie and what we'll get into. The so, and I know because she's like, because if you are a fan of Stephen King, I when I was a teenager, I read. I, that's all I read. When I first got into reading books, my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, she uh, she introduced me to Stephen King, and the mm -hmm. first Stephen King book I read was Firestarter, which was phenomenal. And uh, I was hooked after that. So I think I read for probably a ten year period. I think all I read was Stephen King. Uh, pretty much every novel he released in that period during the 80s, I think I read them all uh, and loved them. And uh, Christine was a novel that he wrote that I loved as well. And before I get into the movie review, let me get into the the reason. So Christine is about the short version of it, which is why Neve was like, what is a car <laughs> that is possessed by some kind of evil spirit and kills? So let me let me start in all honesty by going, I know that's preposterous. Mm -hmm. I know the premise is preposterous. I know when I just said it right now, the people that listen to this or watching now are going, that's stupid. I, in full disclosure, and I'm sure Neve was thinking, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get that. So that being said, what made the novel really, really good, and I'll compare it to another Stephen King novel, Cujo. Um, Cujo is, and I think, have you seen Cujo? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Cujo. So, which is one, I think, one of the better adaptations, actually. Um, the great thing about Cujo, so Cujo is about a rabid dog mm. it, to make it simple. But what was so fantastic about the book was in, and it was, I, I unexpectedly was surprised by how much I enjoyed Cujo was that Stephen King really wrote from the dog's perspective about suffering from rabies and what it does physiologically to the animal. So when you read the novel, now the movie can't really do that because it's just, mm. but I think it was just a straight good suspense film. And Dee Wallace gives a great performance in that movie. We may review that another time, but that's one of the better adaptations. But anyway, in the book, you actually feel a huge amount of sympathy for the dog because what happens to the dog is not the dog's fault. Mm. And the dog is suffering. And, 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 and like I said, I don't know what having rabies is like, but it, it basically in an animal that contracts rabies, th th they get a fever so high that it literally fries their brain. Yeah. So that's what causes the behavior in a dog that's rabid. Mm. And you really feel, and the the writing's so great, and you feel the sympathy for the dog, even though the dog is 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 causing mayhem and violence. And and it's it's and Christine is kind of the same way. So Christine is um, a story of a of a teenage boy. In in the film, it's uh, actually pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if it's an Easter egg or not. They said it in 1978, which is the same year the Halloween came out. But uh, Christine is set in 1978, so Keith Gordon plays um, uh, I have to pull his character's name up, but he is the typical kind of smart, nerdy teenager that's kind of awkward, socially awkward. You know, in the in the beginning of the movie, they talk about you know him, you know, he's still being a virgin and things like that, and he ends up buying this 1958 Plymouth Fury, and in the opening of Christine. You see it coming off the assembly line. So it's set in 1957, comes off the assembly line. They're they're doing the quality check, if you will. And then one of the workers there puts his hand, the hood is open on the vehicle, puts his hand there as he's checking something, and then the hand comes down or the hood comes down 
injures the the factory worker. So obviously they set up the movie where this car, you know, it looks like it, you know it's a total accident, but obviously they 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 cinematically they 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 make you think there's something more than that. Uh, and uh, this teenager buys the car and starts to fix it up and becomes two things happen. He becomes obsessed with it and his behavior changes. So we'll kind of set it up there. So, and I'll let Neve get in in a second. So the difference between the book, Christine, and the movie Christine is in the book, they make it very clear that the spirit of the previous owner has possessed the vehicle and then causes it to, to do what it does. In the movie, they kind of, they, well, they don't kind of, they just basically say it, it comes off the assembly line evil, but there's mm -hmm. no other entity that is in there other than the car is just evil, which I don't, that's kind of ridiculous if you want to be honest, but that's how they set it up. It's different than the book. The book is a little bit better, but uh, I'll start there with the setup. So what did you think of the initial part of the movie? Because like I said, and I, like I said, I allow for the fact that the premise is ridiculous. And I'm going to get into more of that. But what, what was it when you at the beginning of the movie? What were your thoughts about it? Uh, I actually quite like the opening scene with the assembly line, because like you said, that's open to interpretation because, you know, you work somewhere like that. That's going to happen. You're going to have injuries like that. Something's going to fall, perhaps jam your hand or, you know, you work with mechanics. Those type of accidents happen, work accidents happen. So it's open to interpretation. But obviously, like you said, cinematically, you know, there's more going on. But like you said, it, it is a really stupid idea. And I went into this as well with the idea of, well, it's it's like it's her beyond crack, isn't it? You know, well, that's what she is. And it's like, yeah, that, that's that's what she is. But actually hearing that now, because obviously I, I've never even heard of the story, the film. I didn't even know it was a book. I didn't even know it existed, you know. So yeah. um, hearing that about the book now, that it was possessed by the previous owner, that makes a little bit more sense than, well, how did it come off the assembly line evil then? Why isn't? every car in that batch evil or have a personality or you know that makes more sense now you're in the book version as opposed to what actually happened in the movie right no no and, and hmm. i agree and i was doing some quick research this morning and uh so john carpenter so obviously you and i reviewed the thing uh hmm. last year for our second annual holiday special i definitely checked that out that was a that was a fun episode to do as all of these are but uh the christine came out in 1983 a year after the thing so as we discussed, the thing has become kind of a modern horror classic for big fans of horror. And I know, mm -hmm. and I know when we reviewed it last year, uh, I liked it kind of the opposite of Halloween kills. I liked it a little more than Eve did. Uh, I thought the practical effects were amazing. I think she was less impressed with them than I was. Uh, but when it came out in 82, it was a box office flop. So John Carpenter basically made Christine for the money. Uh, it wasn't a personal project for him. Mm. Uh, it was a, a chance to make some money and hopefully make a commercial film. Uh, so with that kind of context there, um, it's a little bit different than some of his other films. Uh, the, he always had a personal attachment to most of the movies he made because, you know, he started in the 70s as a low budget filmmaker. So that was where his um, where his his experience came from, obviously, with Halloween being the, the best example of that. Uh, so in this film, um, Keith Gordon plays Arnie Cunningham. So he's the teenager that purchases the car. John Stockwell plays Dennis, his best friend. So his best friend, uh, and, th and this is, I'm going to get into the things that I like about this movie and what really almost really saves it from being completely ridiculous for me. Um, so Dennis plays this, um, John Stockwell plays his friend Dennis, who's a, who's a jock. So one of the things I liked is it was kind of cool to see, because I like when movies kind of subvert what you always see. Uh, mm -hmm. So Arnie's the, the nerd, geeky, smart kid. Dennis is the jock, and they're really legitimately good friends. Mm. 
Yeah. And in these movies, that never happens. It's always the jocks tease the, they always treat the jocks as assholes and the geeky nerds as, you know, mm. that they would never interact in any kind of meaningful way. And I love the fact that in this movie that they were actually really friends and that they really cared about each other. So it was kind of just on as an aside that I thought that was a refreshing. And that's, and that's one of the things from the book that they took that I'm glad that they did. And, uh, and then you have Alexandra Paul, who was, I think I best know her from Baywatch actually, uh, as the, uh, as the smart new girl that comes to the school and then, um, um, becomes involved in this as well. So as Arnie, uh, starts to fix up this Plymouth Fury, he, uh, he, he, like I said, he starts to change and it's a slow build with the movie, which I, that didn't bother me. Um, it's not, if this is actually a good movie to watch if you're not into gory violence, cause it's definitely not a, yeah. that violent a movie at all. Um, the second half of the movie, there's more violence and killing, but obviously it's with a vehicle and, and that's one of the, another thing I liked about, and this is where John Carpenter, I think does a great job in his movies. And again, kind of like the thing, the way that they did some of the kills and some of the imaginative mm. things with the practical effects, I thought were fantastic. Like I, f I had forgotten how well done. And again, this is 1983. And yeah. I think with the limitations of what they had, I thought it was like between the special effects, the direction and the cinematography, I thought were fantastic. Because when I watched it again, I was like, man, that's actually really good how they did. Because there's only so many ways you can have a car menace mm. something. Like there's only so many ways to do it, and I think he found every creative way to do that. What did What did you think about that? Well, I was gonna say because obviously I said didn't I that I found the thing watching it now a little bit dated and stuff. I yeah. said the last time we watched it because of like the effects and stuff. Even though obviously for the time that was like peak effects, it was really yeah. impressive. But compared to now, it was quite dated. I found this so impressive. Like yeah. the particular scene that really got me as well. I absolutely loved it. Was after the car's been vandalized, after yeah. Christine's been vandalized, and the restoration scene where she fixes herself mm -hmm. for the for the first time, and you know Arnie sees it and everything, I thought that was brilliant. The way the music plays, it's like yes. tense music, and you're John watching Carpenter it go music. back. John yeah. Carpenter music, yeah, like yeah. like Halloween, bang mm -hmm. on John Carpenter mu music, and the way you just see her restore the restore the paint, sort of you know go back into place the headlights suck up the glass and fix it's so satisfying and yeah it, it was it was amazing it was really it was really cool to watch and of course he stands in front of it before it and does the cheesy you know show me and uh, you know what it's so funny i was just gonna say that it's so funny you say yeah. that it's cheesy but i love i because it's a cinematic it. moment so what i loved about it is it's the shot though you're right it's cheesy but the, yes. what i love about it is he says it's a close-up of his face and then he says, "Show me." And then the and then it's and then it's cut to yeah. behind him, in front of Christine. And then the lights come on. And then the music. There's a ping in the music, and yes. then it starts. I see. I I ate. I ate that up. I loved it. I, I loved did. that part. You really. I literally was going to say that before. Yeah, I love how that scene started. Mm -hmm. And that entire scene is fantastic. And my other favorite scene is, and talk about a satisfying kill, when he traps the one guy, and I forgot the character's name, in the little alleyway, and the car is too wide yes, to get into the alleyway. Yes. And then Christine just barrels in there and just destroys herself to get in there to kill. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fantastic. The final like, I thought bit as well, as the yeah. car's going to hit him, it, the, you see the camera's on him, on him, yeah. until it's just about to hit him. You see it from Christine's perspective, slamming into him, and the screen goes black. Right. I re I was gonna say that next. I love that because it goes from obviously the vandalism to the re restoration, and then Christine taking revenge on the vandal, 
Uh, I was going to say I loved that scene as well. It was satisfying. And the way she crams herself in. Is, that's another yeah. one as well. But you're saying it's quite a slow burn film. Because she chases him for a while. Yeah. It's quite a long, tense chase. Until obviously that sort of alleyway bit where she does the final squeezing in and then slamming into him. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and we'll leave it there. Because there's a couple of other great scenes with Christine when she starts her mayhem. And... Mm. uh and I'll leave those for, for the viewers that want to watch it. So, uh, again, and and the other major thing that I loved about this film is uh, the acting is fantastic. I'm going to start with Keith Gordon, the lead performance, because uh, actually Kevin, that's the other thing I read, Kevin Bacon was actually offered the lead role. And he turned it down to do Footloose, oh. uh, which, of course, I think was a good decision for him. Uh, that, well, movie yeah, did well. that movie did yeah. that movie did a little bit. I think it's a pretty popular movie from the 80s. I think it did well. Um, so he turned it down and then, uh, Keith Gordon, who was a theater actor at the time, did some film was, was, was Cassie. I know Keith Gordon more from back to school, the, the Roddy Dangerfield comedy, which I love. Uh, he's great. And he plays, he plays Dangerfield's son. That's that they end up going to college at the same time. That that's a fun now. That's a hilarious movie. If you like Dangerfield, but anyway, that's really what I know him from. Cause after that, actually, he really went into directing. He directed a great film called uh, upon a midnight clear, a war film. Uh, that's really phenomenal. He became a, a director. I think he acts occasionally, but I think he's a, mostly a film director now. But um, uh, his performance in this movie, I thought was fantastic. Uh, I, I liked his transformation from the geeky kid, uh, the socially awkward kid, other than obviously his, his friendship with Dennis, to when he gets Christine, he, uh, he sees her. He's like, I have to have this car. He gets it. He clashes with his parents over it. And then as he restores the car, he becomes, he changes, he becomes the cool kid, he ends up dating the new girl in school that everybody's lusting after. And uh, his transformation, and obviously as he becomes more obsessed with it and becomes more one with the car, uh, you see his uh, his inevitable uh, fall uh, due to his obsession with the vehicle, whether he's possessed by the car or... I, I love that portrayal. I think that, that's, mm. that performance is really strong. And I think that really enhances the movie. I think with a, with a lesser performance, it would really highlight the ridiculous aspect of the story uh but i think the performance and not just his um john stockwell's good even alexander paul's good and then I'm, i gotta give shout out to character actors which i love robert prosky as darnell the salvage yard owner is yeah great because first of all he's always great and he's even more he's just you know vulgar and just funny and just the way he abuses arnie is just fantastic and then you have harry dean stanton come in uh as the police officer he's in towards you know he's investigating what's going on and going you know obviously going this doesn't even make any sense uh he's good as well he doesn't have much to do but prosky is great i just actually interviewed or actually just reviewed broadcast news which prosky is in as well uh the late great character actors i had to shout out those two performances but but it de definitely the lead performance by 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 um keith gordon and john stockwell's friend is great what did you think of the performances in the movie um, I loved it. I was going to say, I think because obviously I'm, I'm not much younger, I didn't really recognize anyone. I couldn't pick anyone from anything. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, as, as it goes for actors, I didn't know I did really enjoy it. It's, you know, the acting was good for such a mental film, for such a crazy idea, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, and I think that's key. And I think, because when I watch Christina, it, it kind of, and I'm glad I picked this movie now that, 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 um, that I rewatched it because I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And uh, like I said, I think it's 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 the skill of John Carpenter is really taking kind of whatever story he tackles, he 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 makes it entertaining. 
like you can always argue the varying levels of entertainment depending on the movies he's directing but he he brings something very he has a unique talent with these types of films and and i think what makes him really well is he makes you and this is what any good filmmaker does and i think christine actually points it out and the fact that it's a preposterous story makes the skill even more apparent to me is you make you have to care about the characters for the, any movie to work yeah. if you don't care about the characters at all the movie doesn't work like even in a horror movie where i could you know even in a in a in a, in a slashy or, or a horror movie with just you know random teenagers get killed and and things like that and that's great and people love that but even in a movie like that if you don't care about any of the characters or specifically the main character it, the movie yeah. to me anyway it's not it's less of a movie because then it's like wow well it's just people getting killed i mean so what if 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 you feel something for the characters, like care about the characters, or the or the acting mm -hmm. engages you, it makes the movie better. And I think with Christine, that's a really great example because this movie could have been completely unwatchable. Yes, like, exactly. It, I mean, it could have been like this is, like it could have been unwatchable to the it's so bad that I love it, it but it's not that. It's 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 no. It's it's entertaining. It's watchable. Mm -hmm. Is it? It's it one of the best horror movies? No, it's not. But it, it what it is what it is, and it's for me it's well done for what it is. Yeah, so, I, I I just see it as it's it's a fun horror sci-fi, and actually going to that idea, if the acting hadn't been good, it wouldn't have been watchable, right? It actually reminds yeah. me of this um, Australian horror I found two oh, two years ago. It was really low budget. I think it was called something like Road Kill or Road Train or something. <laughs> road I think Kill. That's what, well, that's a great title, like first of all. Yeah. It's either road kill or road train or something like that it is. And it's basically about, um, well, a truck, a lorry, then we call it over here, a truck, right, of those big semis that is possessed and is killing people all over Australia. Now, we're talking really low budget, really low budget unknown actors. It was unwatchable because there was, like you said, it was just go, like seeing the whole thing, like the lorry drive over somebody's head. But you didn't really know the characters. You didn't care about them. You didn't know their backstory. You didn't care about them. There wasn't good acting. It was just silly. It was it, it was just silly. Whereas with this, it's the same basic idea, isn't it? You know, a vehicle possessed, but you know the characters better. The acting is better. The like I said, the effects were really good in it. It's a better film and more watchable because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think those are all great points. And and like I said, I think that this this movie illustrated that premise as well, which which is why I love movies anyway. And like I said, even though I'm not a horror movie aficionado or and i don't want to say fan because fans probably the uh, not a fan means that i don't like them at all uh, like i've always said I, I i'll watch any movie of any genre that's well executed i'm I'm a movie fan i'm not a i'm not a particular genre fan so if there's a well executed horror film i'm in i'll watch it uh even if it's a little too gory for my taste if it's still well done i'll be i'll be like oh this is fantastic uh and like i said for christine i think from for this one i'm going to give it out of five i'm gonna give it um three and a half uh, I, I, I think it's, I recommend it. Uh, I think it's a, if you're coming in looking for, you know, gore and slasher, then this is not your movie. But if you're looking for a good, uh, movie that's well acted with a premise that's, that we all acknowledge is cheesy, uh, but still well executed, I think this is a good choice. I think it's a, and like I said, if you're, and especially if you're not a, uh, if you're squeamish about gore, this is definitely a movie for you because it's not that at all. Uh, it's not, uh, there's nothing extremely gory. Obviously there's people that die and 
there's killing in it, but it's definitely nothing uh, if you're squeamish that you have to worry about. So uh, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Like I said, I was it was good to rewatch. And like I said, I I, I got to highlight again the two things uh, that were great. The uh, the acting was fantastic and the the practical effects use, especially with the vehicle. And I think he would agree was was mm -hmm. really fantastic as well. But I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts and uh, uh, your review of Christine. Uh, I'm actually going to give this give roughly about the same. I'm going to give a four or five because, like I said, I wasn't expecting to go in and enjoy it because it's a crazy idea, like I said, and it reminded me obviously of a film I'd seen before that was unwatchable with the <laughs> same sort of idea, but it really surprised me. Like you said, the effects really, that they were great. They really surprised me. The acting was good and it was just a really fun, watchable horror sci-fi. I'd 100% watch it again if it came up and I'd recommend it to anyone else, so that's four out of five for me. That's fair. Well, I see, I love that. I love the fact that, and I love the fact that you gave it four. I was teetering on four too. And, and mm. no, I love, and I, I actually like the fact that you, that you gave it a higher review than me. Cause I really thought it was going to be me trying to convince you that it's better than it is. And you going, this is ridiculous, which would have been fine too, or whatever your honest opinion well, yeah. is. So I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that you really liked it. So that's great. So uh, that's the fun thing. That's what I love about movies like this. Anyway, we're even talking to people about movies that they haven't ever heard of or seen that they go, wow, I actually really like that. So I'm, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad I didn't waste your time and you actually enjoyed no, definitely it. Definitely not. No, no. <laughs> so that's I, good. I'm glad I watched it. Good, good. But we'll definitely, now that I'm thinking more about the, uh, the cheesy movie, maybe, maybe that's, yeah. Cause you know what it is. I haven't reviewed a really bad movie in a long time and it, it is kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, it's fun to kind of review one. So maybe you and I will uh, off air. We'll, uh, we'll kind of talk about our, favorite bad ones or just ones that we hate and maybe not hate, but uh, so, so bad. It's good. I think that'll yeah. actually kind of, kind of be kind of fun. Maybe your roadkill movie might be one of them yes. <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll have to watch it. And then I can, I can join in on the making fun of it. Yeah. All right. So no, that's fantastic. So Christine, we've got four stars from Neve, which is great. And then three and a half stars from me. So I think from both of us, you can take the opinion. You know what it is. We've been pretty forward about the plot. If it's something that's interesting you, I think for this Halloween, I think you should check it out. If it's uh, down your alley, uh, I think it's, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Hopefully like Neve was as well. Mm. So four stars for her, three and a half stars for me for Christine directed by John Carpenter came out in 1983. And then going back to our first review, Halloween kills, uh, of course, 2021 directed by David Gordon green, co-written by Danny McBride. Uh, that film I gave two and a half and Neve gave, you gave three, right? Let me make sure I have yeah, that right. Three. three. So three for her, two and a half for me. I think we both had the same likes and dislikes pretty much with the movie yeah. and uh neve liked it a, uh, slightly more than i did because and for a valid reason for the the depth of the easter eggs and so like i said if you're deep into the halloween lore and have seen these films multiple times especially the original uh series of them uh you'll probably take a, a little bit more out of halloween kills than someone that has not so i think that's probably the best way to uh, summarize that particular movie and i think we're both going to be looking forward to halloween ends next year yeah. to see how they conclude this chapter because like i said i don't think it's a, never really the end it's always just a conclusion of a chapter so like a long book so again uh this is the let me bend your ear podcast again i'm frank your host i want to thank neve for coming on it's always great when she's on uh to talk movies with me uh, and this halloween special has become one of my favorite episodes and it's become one of the most uh downloaded episodes uh, of the show so i'm going to plug the first two uh Halloween specials that she and I did. Uh, I did a quick search this morning. If you go to the podcasting app that you use, it's episode 38 is uh, the first one. And then episode uh, 55 is the one from last year. And actually, before we go, Neve, I just saw, and I don't know if you've seen it or not. Have you seen the trailer for the Black Phone? 
I haven't, no. Okay. Uh, after we get off here, I'll have you go to YouTube when you get a chance and we can talk about it later. But we reviewed Sinister last year, which was uh, Ethan Hawke. Yes. And directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed Doctor Strange. Really enjoy that film as well. Really enjoy that movie. Really yeah. enjoy this one. This one, this movie, The Black Phone, is a, reun uh, a reuniting of Ethan Hawke and Stock Scott Derrickson, the ah. director. This film looks terrifying. It is about, and, and, and it, it, the premise of the movie is Ethan Hawke is a child killer. Ooh. And uh, sorry, I already got your attention. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. the premise of this film is he kidnaps a little boy. And the little boy ends up in some kind of cellar basement. And the only thing in the basement is a phone, a black phone. Phone rings. Kid picks up the phone. And it's other kids trying to help him get out of there. And I guess it turns out that these kids are the spirits of the other children he's murdered. Oh God! Yeah, it's Kid pretty. As well. Yeah. So, and he wears this mask that's horrifying, and it's 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 interesting because Ethan Hawke. It's it's a different Ethan Hawke performance. I don't think. It, I mean, he's he's literally playing a killer. Now, like like in Sinister, it, yeah. it, You know, obviously the way that worked out, it, it it kind of it was a a metamorphosis into that. Spoiler alert, anybody. But anyway, uh, I won't get into. You can re, you can listen to the Sinister review on episode fifty five, but. Uh, the trailer was pretty terrifying. I had read about the movie and I was like, oh, and then Scott Derrickson coming back to that uh, to that genre. So check out the trailer. You then you and I can talk about it because um, yeah. maybe we can review it when it comes. out. I think it doesn't come out till January or February of next year. Oh, there we are. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to bring that to your attention if you hadn't seen it already. So, yeah, it's called The Black Phone. It looks looks like I said, anything with children. I'm kind of I'm kind of hesitant, but I, I have to admit that the, the 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 premise is very interesting. Oh, when as much as it, ghosts, so they're scarier. The children ghosts. Yeah, yeah, scarier. and 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 it's basically him. Because what I'm hoping is the way the trailer presents, and you can see it when you watch it. I mean, it's him battling Ethan Hawke. So it's this kid, you know, <laughs> trying to escape this situation, and uh, and how that ends up. Happening. Yeah, it look, it looked, it look, it looks like it's pretty scary. So, um, like I said, the mask itself and Ethan Hawke just looks horrific because you yeah. barely see him talk in the trailer. He's just you know menacing, and and yeah, it's. It's definitely a different Ethan Hawke performance. So yeah, I'm actually, you know, believe it, because of who's doing it. I think if it was anybody else, I probably wouldn't watch it. But I think with the with the talent involved, I think I'm going to check it out. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention anyway. So the Black Phone, everybody, if you want to watch the trailer, it's out on YouTube or wherever you can watch trailers. All right, Neve. So before we go uh, for today, I want to give you another opportunity. Please plug wherever you're at on social media and plug your blog. Uh, once again. Yep. CrimeInMyPocket.com uh, You can follow the blog then on Twitter as well at CrimeInMyPocket and Instagram the same handle. Yeah, and definitely follow her. Like I said, if you are a fan of true crime, and I am, I've, I've been, I go in and out of it. I'll listen to podcasts, I'll listen. I really, the only thing I do is I, I do read her blog because like I said, mm -hmm. she is passionate about this subject. She writes in a very compassionate way she cares about the victims and i think that's where she's coming from when she writes this stuff i think she's coming from um giving you and this is what the the best thing the best true crime things do and i think neve does a great job of this it's it's it, the allure of true crime i get it the allure of this stuff look we all get allured to that's why it's the most popular probably genre of of podcast out there yeah. still but the really great ones 
let you know the victims and kind yeah. of humanize them and 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 not use them as sort of just fodder for people's mm -hmm. and look and I get I don't discount people's fascination with violence and murder and death. I I don't I don't have any issue with that. I think it's a natural thing for human beings because obviously death is that last thing that we all don't know what happens and mm -hmm. so we're naturally fascinated and I have no issue with that. Uh I just don't like it if something is exploitative and I think the best true crime whether it's a podcast or documentary or something like news blog really gets you to know the victims and, and really understand the the damage that these crimes cause not so much just looking at the crime as oh like 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 looking at a car wreck but really going you know the these crimes destroys lives destroys yeah. families and 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 those are what the best ones do and like i said when you le when you read neve's blog you really get a sense of 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 the tragedy of these things and and um and the victims it leaves behind and the destruction that it causes and i think uh that's really what makes this makes that effective and her blog is really great so i highly recommend it uh, if it's something you're interested in definitely check it out like i said she writes very concise uh very interesting very well researched uh blogs on the subject so i know she takes uh, her time to really be meticulous and to really be accurate so i can't give it my highest I, any higher recommendation so definitely check that out and again, Eve, thank you so much for doing this. It's so much fun. I enjoy doing this with you. And it's like I said, it's one of my favorite episodes of the year. And it's they seem to be coming quicker as I get older. It seems like we just did the second one. Yeah. So it's crazy that we're it's crazy that we're already on the third one. Uh, it's like it's fantastic. But I'm already looking forward to the fourth one. So yeah. uh, uh, that's going to be so much fun. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you so much again Eve, for doing this. Yes. Uh, once again, thank you for having me on. I really enjoy doing them as well. I always love an excuse to talk horror films anyway. So, Fantastic. yeah, thank you again for having me on. I, I really enjoy doing them every year, too. All right, great. Well, again, you've listened to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. This is the end of our third Halloween special with Neve. And like I said, stay tuned for other episodes. She'll be on, you know, we'll probably do a couple here during the year with maybe random horror film movies, maybe with the Black Phone uh, or whatever we decide we want to do. But she'll definitely be here for the fourth Halloween special. So look out for that. <clears throat> and like I said, you can listen to the other two. Uh, this one will be up shortly, but like I said, episode 38 is the first annual one, and episode 55 is the second annual one. So definitely check those out. Uh, they're a lot of fun to do, and I think they're a lot of fun to listen to. So again, this is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. If you like, uh, rate and review on your podcasting app. Give it five stars if you love it, and also recommend it to a friend. Share it on our social media. Bend Your Ear Pod on Twitter. Bend Your Ear Pod on Instagram. Bend Your Ear Pod on Twitch on all three of those. And then you've got the YouTube channel, Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast, and the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Let Me Bend Your Ear. I hope everybody has a fantastic day, and more specifically, have a fantastic Halloween. Take care, everybody. <laughs>